Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. You're listening to Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare on KSL News Radio. Thank you for joining us for Healthy Mind Matters. I'm Maria Shaleos. Today we are talking about domestic violence, and I have with me Gladie Larson, who is the Director of Development for Safe Harbor, and Lisa Nichols, who is the Assistant Vice President of Community Health for Intermountain Healthcare. When we took a break, we were talking about uh, conversations, uh, really trying to identify if someone in your family may be the victim of domestic violence. And Gladie, I'd like to talk to you now about what if we do suspect that our sister or our brother or someone close to us may be a victim of domestic violence. So what does that conversation look like? Uh, Yes, Maria, I think uh, one of the, that conversation may be very brief or it may be very elaborate. Uh, I think it's important that we believe, we start by believing, we start by listening to what they have to say. Um, Sometimes it could come as a shock um, that some people may actually be experiencing domestic violence. Um, We have seen a lot of our friends in our family that have been identified as domestic violence victims in the past. And I know for a fact that a lot of uh, family members probably never saw any signs because it is a very silent and very uh, private matter. Uh, So if you do know that that conversation does um, come up, it is important that you let them know what resources are, are out there. And that's the main reason why we started this campaign, Stop the Violence Utah. Uh, it, it is important that they know that the resources are everywhere in the state of Utah. There are over, over a dozen agencies in the state of Utah that have professionals that know what they need um, and they can meet their demands very easily, but they need to know who to contact. And that's one of the easiest way is to either reach the link line, the 1-800-897-LINK, or to go to stoptheviolenceutah.org to know which agency can help you um, in that next step. Yeah, no, yeah, I, I agree. I think, you know, one of the challenges right now, and I'll speak from a healthcare perspective, but suspect the same is, is true for our domestic violence shelters is, um, you know, during this time of isolation, people are, uh, you know, really relying on digital technologies. And we, for example, have seen a 6,000% increase in the use of telehealth visits. Um, and, uh, you know, when someone is being isolated, it's really hard for them to find a private space, uh, to be able to talk to someone, to connect digitally. Um, and, and so there's just this extra layer of isolation that, that increases the, the dangerousness of this, um, but also makes it even harder to, to reach out and talk to a healthcare system or a domestic violence shelter or a friend. And I think, you know, that's that's why it's so important what Gladys says to really, you know, for those people we know uh, to, to keep an eye on them and, and to speak up if we see something. I have to go back to something you said, Gladys, because you said we need to believe them. And part of me says, well, why wouldn't we be, believe them? Why, 
Why do you say that? Uh, you know, it's interesting um, because we do hear a lot of the, um, our victims talk about the fact that they mention things to their family members or to their friends. And um, as a community, we dismiss um, it as oh, they just they're just having a bad day or, you know, the, the COVID has added stress. It's OK. Um, so we like to. Um, bring down that uh, danger because in our minds, it's easier for us to take care of something when it's not a big deal. We just say it's no problem. Um, and the victim is saying, this is my only opportunity to ask for help. Um, but they can't use those words because just like Lisa said, there is that element of isolation and the person can be two steps away and they may not be able to be as blunt as to specify what is happening. So it's that element of belief, it's that element of being um, aware that there might be a problem uh, with very little information. And I, I understand that as a friend or as a um, family member, we want the best for our family members and our friends. But sometimes we want to just um, soften that information and think, oh, it's no big deal. And we feel like we're comforting that person. But what we're doing is that we're adding another barrier uh, for them to receive the help that they much uh, that they need so much. So I guess uh, the part of the message is it's tough for us to believe that that's going on with people we love. Absolutely. Right. We need to take a break. Um, when we come back, we'll talk more about the resources that are available and the Stop the Violence campaign. The number to call if you do need help right now is 1-800-897-LINK. That's 1-800-897-5465. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.